Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Come on in. We're saving you a seat at the table. Hey, thanks for coming back to 316 Podcast. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Uh, today we are saving you a seat at the table with Jason and with Justin. On the front end, we always like to thank our, our producers because they're so important. Without them, none of it gets uh, done. So always thanks, Larry and Sandy. Thanks, Esther. Thanks, Danielle, and thanks, Justin. You guys actually get to see now the face behind the camera is our producer. He does uh, such a great job. We're honored uh, to have his dad with us again for uh, episode two of A Seat at the Table. Uh, seat at the Table, to, to today's topic for the second time is loss and learning how to live with your hands open. Um, Justin. What kind of uh, dreams or goals or desires or thoughts do you have about your life? I don't no, know. No, listen, I know you're on a roll here. Right? <laughs> but but I love the sound of my own voice, right? But mm-hmm. understanding that you know, we get it. You're only 19. You're only 20. Your dad already said that he, he like, radical life difference between his dreams at 20 and his realities mm-hmm. at 40. Yeah. We, we, we give you a lot of grace here. So... Whatever it is, doesn't have to be fully flushed out just yet. See, I don't put so much weight on my future. <laughs> I because because you can't plan it. Like the uh, the guy who made KFC, he started it when he was sixty five. Like he probably didn't think he was gonna make great fried chicken when he was sixty five. My dad didn't expect to be a pastor and be going through chemo when he was almost 50. So what do you think you're going to not be expecting to do when you're 50? Man, <laughs> I don't think I'll be like sky jumping or something like that. Yeah. Um, do you expect to be alive? I mean, you're, you're, I like, hope so. like you're not a party kid, are you? No. Like I know you pretty well, right? Yeah. You don't Part, smoke, party, you don't drink. You partying don't scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to. Right. I don't need to. 
honestly, for my future, I just hope that I, I'm happy. I hope that I find sustenance and joy in life. Because, like, like, you can't plan for your future. Like, the only thing you can really do is work on yourself today and try to be better than you were yesterday. Like, Will Smith has a great quote uh, when he's making The Pursuit of Happiness. He said, you don't set out to build a wall. You say, you put a brick down, and you say, I'm going to put this brick down as best as I can, as perfectly as I can, and tomorrow I'll do the same. So I, I hope that whatever I do today makes me better for tomorrow and that I'm happy with who I am with my life. Jason, a fact, a fact of life is there are no perfect parents and there's nothing that you can do to raise perfect kids. As a matter of fact, um, you will always screw up your kids. How badly have you screwed up your kids? <laughs> I mean, look at this gibberish. You're not believing his crap, are you? Oh, come on. You'd probably have to get them in a room to yeah. find out how badly we've screwed them up. And I'm, and I'm sure Right, we all do things differently. We do things based on how we were raised, and that might not be what they feel that they need. And so, uh, you know, we've talked previously about how I was raised to be independent, and I feel like I've tried to do that, and maybe I've done that too much, where they might feel like. There isn't a connection or that I don't care about them when I've been trying to just have them experience things and do things on their own. I don't know, but only they can answer that. Uh, your kids, as far as, as far as I know, and I, I know I know all three of them, a couple of them I know better than others, but they all seem like pretty great kids. I think you're right about that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except for your son. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cocky one. No, I, I do. They all, yeah, again... They all have a relationship and love Jesus. They all have a heart and care deeply for others. And so what more could I ask for? They, they, they love you an awful lot. And they love their mother an awful lot. Death is not something that's fun to talk about. It's not easy to talk about. But you're there. Not necessarily dying, but it's on your mind. Um, my uh, medical situation is very different than yours. By the time I realized I was having a medical event, I was okay. So by the time doctors sat me down and said, hey, we need to talk, I was fine. They saved my life, had four, four blood clots, went through my heart and my lungs. At, at that time, if it didn't kill me, it wasn't going to. Yours is different. Uh, the, the challenge came after the phone calls. I, I still am cognizant of the fact that I could throw a clot any second and go. I don't know when that is. But I think about my death now, uh, and, and like you, hopefully not for another 50 years. But if I die soon, and if you die soon, your family's okay. My, my family's okay. And, and I, think, I think that really gives you uh, peace. Absolutely, it does. I mean, I know your wife. I know your your kids. And again, like he said, the first one, it's hard, man. But you've put together a really great family. 
And so I'm super proud to know you as a friend, as a pastor, but also uh, as a husband to Kristen and as a father to Annika, Justin, and baby Kate. Um, you've got a really solid family. And, and isn't that kind of what you worked for? Yeah. I mean, whether you were a sports journalist or a corporate trainer or a children's ministry dude or a, or, or a pastor, your real job was creating a family. Um, and I think, I think it's solid. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I do too. And that has been a tremendous blessing and a tremendous comfort in, in the midst of all of this. Um, and, you know, there's still work to do and you still want to do it well. Um, you know, I've had the conversations with each of them since the last chemo treatment to say, is there anything that you need to hear from me before I'm no longer here? Again, I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon, but knowing that it is a possibility and that it could be sooner than you want it to be, you have the opportunity. I've told them, you know, the Lord could have given me a heart attack. It could have been a car accident. It could have been something, you know, if you look, even in the midst of the shittiest of times, there is blessing. And one of those blessings is that we've had time to prepare. And so, you know, I have somebody who is lined up to take over the finances for Kristen and the kids. They have all of our passwords. They have every, all the, they have everything because I currently do that. And I don't want Kristen to have to worry about that. You know, we, even before all this happened and thankfully before it all happened, have plenty of life insurance to make sure it's not going to be a financial issue. Yeah. It might be hard for you to get life insurance today. Yeah, probably not. Good thing you got it. (laughs) So, there is that opportunity, but I'm still trying to have those conversations as hard as they are to have. I mean, to look them in the face and ask that question is not easy. Is it a blessing? So you have the time. Absolutely. So, I mean, to sit down with your loved ones and say, and, and say I love you. Because, I mean, here's the thing. My, um, my dad said I love you to me. Once when I was 17. And then after my mom died, he said, I love you once every day. Mm. It was a great five months I had with my dad after my mom died. But we still never thought my dad was going to die. So right. We never had those conversations of the importance of life and the relationship and dreams and goals and failures and all that because I never thought he was going to die that soon. So it is kind of a blessing to be able to have those conversations, right? And, and, and still the hope, the prayer is that uh, God God shows up in real and miraculous ways and you live to be 80, 85, right? Yeah. 90. Um, but the flip side could be true as well. Correct. Is there anything left undone? Thankfully, I don't think there is. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, I, re- I remembered... I remember driving myself to the hospital and like for the first time thinking, oh man, I think this is actually could be life threatening. 
And I remember saying to God, God, could it be a little bit more glamorous than this, first of all? Second of all, I don't want to die. If it's all the same, I'd like to stay alive. But I'm okay, too. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing left unsaid. There, I don't have to go and ask for forgiveness from anybody. There, I, I had nothing left unsaid for anybody. There, um, n- nothing left undone. I, I could have gone. Glad I didn't. And so you, you, when you live, you learn how to live with your hands open, you have to live in that place, too, of finishing today's task today. If there's a forgiveness uh, or a confession or a... a um, a wounded heart. There's something that you have to do. You have you, you have to do it today. Has that been the last three years of your life? Is living that today really could be the last opportunity? Yeah, it's been far more prevalent, and it just becomes more and more prevalent the further we've gone into treatment. And yeah, starting starting the chemo, which. They don't know if it's going to work or not. We are trusting that it is, that God's going to bring healing either through his touch or through this chemo. Um, but it just makes it more and more real. Anything any, anything that you have to say? I mean, is there anything left undone, unsaid? No. I, I For me, when my dad said, is there anything you need to hear from me, I think the hardest part of that was sensing some kind of doubt in your mind that you haven't said anything, which is so hard because my my dad hung the moon and the stars in my mind. Like, that's how much of a giant he is for me, how fantastic he is. And my, my dad doesn't have to say I love you because every time you do a car payment, every time you say hi to someone at church, that's saying I love you. That's the... Sh- a sign of him showing his love and appreciation. So I don't think there's anything left unsaid because I don't think there really needs to be anything that needs to be said because my dad's actions previous to cancer and now going through cancer has been enough, more than enough. There's life after cancer, right? A lot of people have said cancer has been a gift to them. Um, do you agree? I'd like to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> you'd like to know, uh, you'd like to see that, that cancer was the gift and there's yeah. life after cancer. Yeah. But but again, it definitely has been because I do have that piece. I have the knowledge of my salvation, the knowledge of the salvation of my wife and my kids. And we have had the time and we've made the effort to say what's needed to be said. So I don't need to have those worries or have any anxiety about those things. So without cancer, would I have taken the initiative to have those conversations? Probably not. You got any books in you? I don't know. (laughs) You know, before you were like, what title do you want to use? I'm just Jason, man. I mean, um, and why? A lot of times I'm like, why would anybody care what I what I would have to say. I don't know, dude, but you you got one kid fooled here. I mean, did you hear the crappy <laughs> The moon and the stars. That's pretty big shoes to fill, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if God lays that on my heart to, to do it, I definitely will. But um, 
you know, I think part of it too is that it, I do share enough of it um, because I try to be the same person wherever you see me, whether that's from the pulpit, it's in the grocery store, it's around this table. Yeah, mission accomplished for sure. Um, and so I feel like I do share my story, but if there needs to be done in a different way, I'll try to do that. But right now I'm pretty comfortable with where we're at. Any dream um, dream sermons in you? Any things you you got to get out? You've said it all. No, I and uh, I'm very thankful for Justin's testimony to um, say that my actions have matched my beliefs because that's something that I've tried to preach to the people of Highland and wherever I've been as often as I can, that we need to be a people who have integrity where our actions match our beliefs. And so has it always been an exact match? No. I fall. I'm sinful. I struggle too. Um, But to hear that testimony, I can live and I can die with that. Any any big projects? Skydive naked from an airplane, right? (laughs) From Motley Crue. Anything you want to do, man? Yeah, the only thing, I mean, really, I'd love to see Europe with my wife sometime yeah. because she would long to go there, yeah. and I would love for us to do that yeah, together. Yeah, let's make sure we make that happen, right? <laughs> we'll get it done, man. And you probably would want another couple to go with you, right? Mm. I, I'm sure we probably would. Some very good friends, <laughs> maybe my, one of my you wife's know. first cousins <laughs> and her husband who Wait, hosts podcasts. Just the two of you going to go for a week or two to Europe by yourself? That gets boring after a while. I'm just thinking you probably want a, a buddy to pal around with. Uh, it worked well when we went to Florida. <laughs> all right, do you, you have an opportunity, and and you and because you're a public speaker uh, in the skin of a of a pastor and a preacher, you have lots of opportunities to to say things. What do you leave the world with? I mean, what's the what's the word or the phrase or the inspiration that you leave the world with? I'd hope I'd leave the world with Jesus. Yeah, because he's the only one. He's the only one who brings hope in times like this. He's the only one who offers salvation that gives us an eternity that we want beyond this life hopefully i leave him with jesus i think you do i th- i mean i think man, even before you became a professional prayer right a pastor you were a jesus kid right that, that i knew but here's the other thing you, you've been to a lot of funerals you've officiated a lot of funerals You've been down the road of death with an awful lot of people. That's Jesus, man. So your life has been about bringing Jesus mm. to your wife, to your kids, uh, to your community. Um, all of the man, you you can you continue to preach, and you have a song in your heart. And, and that song is a Jesus song. And so it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to live with your hands open, right? Mm-hmm. It's worse to be forced to learn how to live with your hands open. But unfortunately, it only comes through loss because the future is not certain. Absolutely. 
And that's how you learn how to live with your hands open. God will do what God will do. And blessed is the name of the Lord, regardless. Amen. Justin, anything for you? Nope. You're good? I'm good. <laughs> you said it all? Yeah, I said it all. You said like a, like a true producer, doesn't have anything else to say. Jason, brother, I love you. I honor you. I thank you so much for your for your friendship, uh, for for your career choices, um, for the for the man you've been in my life. You've been a leader. You've been a mentor. Uh, I, I truly love spending time with you. Thanks for coming on and uh, spending all day with us to record now six shows <laughs> that your son gets to edit together. Oh. Uh, so honored thank that you, you. spent time with us, man. And and here's to a, here's to a long life. With you, thanks. Love, Love you, brother. too, Clayton. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming, uh, saving the seat at the table uh, with Justin and with Jason. This is 316 Podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it. Besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios, there's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, <clears throat> so you can check out Facebook. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find it under 316 Podcasts.